All right, honey, should we jump in? Oh, are we starting? That was it? Sorry. I was like, should we get going? <laughs> I was like, do you want to ask a question now? I mean, is it psycho or is it just great planning? I'm like, why are we out here? Because <laughs> they, they, they love the game. <laughs> no. I do not want to hit a little white golf ball around. Hello, everyone, and a very warm welcome to not just any other episode of Henny and Hallie, but a brand new episode of a brand new season with a brand new name. Welcome to season two of Henny and Hallie, Women with a Game. This second season, we are focusing on women, not just players, but women within the whole golf ecosystem, women who work in it, who love the game, who play the game. We are just very excited to get women's perspectives on golf. So we've had a little bit of a break now and we are back with a bang because Hallie is on site this week at the US Women's Open, the historic US Women's Open, the biggest purse in golf, in women's golf that we have seen. But we are also presented by the USGA for this episode. Very excited. I'm so bummed not to be there on site this week, but Hallie, you are. Tell us more about it. Yeah, honey, honestly, I cannot think of a better place to kick off season two. $10 million purse this week. This is mm. history for the women's game. Let me tell you a little bit about the U.S. Women's Open presented by ProMedica. It's the one every player dreams of, the one they spend countless hours practicing for, the one with life-changing stakes, the one that challenges golfers on the game's grandest stages. And for 75 years, this championship has offered thousands an opportunity to earn their place in history. The one, the U.S. Women's Open presented by ProMedica. Tune in this weekend on NBC, USA, and Peacock. You know Henny and I will be, so you better be too. I'm so excited for the venue, for the historic prize fund, for all of it. As you said, it's like the one. Obviously, for me growing up in England, there was also the Women's British Open. But this is parallel. And we've both tried to qualify for this multiple times. Unsuccessfully, it has to be said. But it definitely is right up there with one of the majors that you want to win. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I grew up... I've actually been at this venue in the past and my dad was working with some players. And I remember I was kind of attached to his hip and got to go in player dining. And I thought it was just the coolest thing, which it was. And Julie Inkster <laughs> asked me what time my tea time was. Actually, must have not been that young if she thought that I was playing. But but it still was really bad at golf at the time. And just like could not believe that she thought that I was playing in the tournament. Um, but I have had some really great memories here um, watching some incredible, incredible golf. And I can't wait, wait to make some more memories this week. And you will be missed for sure. But I'll send you lots of pictures and videos. Yes, thank you, thank you. And I'm excited because not only usually obviously we get to chat to one player, but in this episode we get to chat to multiple players. We have squeezed as many names as we can in there for you. Um and players as well as as I said at the top, not just women who play the game, but women who are involved uh in the championship, inside golf in general. So we get lots of different insights in this episode and uh yeah, it's one of my favorites. I'm really excited for you guys to listen in and as always uh, let us know what you think and send your uh, thoughts, questions. What? How do you do it, Hallie? Questions, questions comments, comments, concerns. 
<laughs> to Hallie and I on social, uh, at Henny Coy and at, at Hallie Lenn. Well, here at the US Women's Open, first timer Gabby Lemieux joins us. Gabby, how has your week been? It's been good. I, you know, just taking it all in and just trying not to expect too much. Um, you know, with this is this is a whole new experience for me, like everything about it, the crowds, the food, the course, the I mean it's so I'm trying to just really just experience it. Yeah. What's been the most unexpected part for you so far that you've been like, oh, wow, I did not expect that. You know, I don't, I don't really know. I think for me personally, it's, it's like a feeling that you kind of just have to um, show up and accept that there's going to be this pressure. There's going to be this whole feeling behind just being at a U.S. Women's Open. And um, I think that's the, probably the feeling that I'm like, wow, it actually, you know, it really does feel that way. Gabby, it's such a special week for you, but you're also the first Native American to tee it up in a U.S. Women's Open, which is just incredible. So what does it mean to be representing that community? Um, I don't, I always say there's no words. I mean, even, even before this event, just being a professional golfer and I mean, it, it's like a whole nother level, I think is what it's taken to. And to be, I always say just to be that trailblazer, to be that first one to hopefully change some young girl's mind that, Hey, she can do it. So why can't I? And that's probably the most important part about this for me is it's not even just about me anymore. It's about all the generations that are going to be coming after me. Mm. And you got a special note of uh, encouragement from note of a gay. What did he have to say? Um, He basically just said, take it all in and experience it. He's, I mean, he tells me all the time, like you're meant to be there. You know, you, you need to just go out there, play golf, play the game that you know how to play. And to have his support, I mean, nobody can ask for a better person. Yeah, that's so cool. And not only are you playing in a U.S. Women's Open, but you are playing in historically the biggest purse in women's golf, which probably just adds even more so to that feeling that you were talking about, right? Yes. I mean, this, that's what I'm saying. This whole experience is just outstanding. I mean, just to be here and to experience from the bottom to the top of what a U.S. Women's Open is. I mean, I couldn't I couldn't have asked for a better place. Talking about inspiring the next generation, have you had any um, firsthand experiences of talking to young Native American girls that are now sort of getting into the game of golf? Yeah, I've, I've done a few clinics and, you know, they'll always show up and they're super shy. They're kind of like in their own little shell. That's what I always, that's what I always describe it as is a little shell and they show up, never touched a golf club before. So you're teaching them the basics, the grip, how to stand, where to stand. And it's that unbelievable moment when they finally get that ball up in the air, whether it be, you know, 10 yards versus 40 yards or whatever it may be. You just can see their eyes just light up and you can see their shell. Like they're just coming like they're just blooming like a little flower. They just love that experience. And that's what, that's probably the best part about it. Mm. Well, what thing would you change about women's golf if you could for the future? I guess me personally, I feel like I'm very different than a lot of people out here in terms of being, I try to be very personable. I try to smile at everybody and I try to make it more inviting. Um, and I've, I've always been that way. And I feel like a lot of people are attracted to that. And I think maybe in some way golf can be more straightforward. So you're really honing in on say each shot or where you need to be next. And I think if, I I don't know. I guess the way that I always feel about it is the people who I play with, the people who are more personable are the ones that are like, 
Hey, I, lo- I like that girl. So yeah. I feel like maybe if, if the game became more personable, I think there'd be a lot more followers as well. Yeah, that's also, it reminds me of Lorena Ochoa thinking about people that we look up to. And I always heard stories and still to this day, hears more stories about how personable she was and that she used to win and then send a crate of beers out to the greenkeeper shed and would go and have a beer with the greenkeeping staff to say thank you for you know creating such an incredible golf course to enable me to win and she would always say hello to everybody and then when I played I definitely took that to heart and made sure because she did it to go out of my way to say hi to everybody and to be personable because like you said things like that it just grows the game and it makes you want to like the person and I feel like liking the people that you see on your screens is like half the battle. My little curveball question at the end is for people, viewers that are watching or listening to you this week, um, what do you do post round when you get away from the golf course and you go back to the hotel? What's your little ritual routines? Um, It just kind of depends on the day. Um, Like last night, I was supposed to go to a party, but honestly, like it was something I needed to go practice. And then I said, you know what, let's go play cornhole. We ended up staying at the golf course and I had a drink in my hand and I was with my husband and my mother, my mother and my mother-in-law and we were playing cornhole. Like we just decided just to hang out and relax. And that's just what, sometimes that's what it calls for. Yeah. <laughs> I love cornhole and all night long. There you go. <laughs> Oh, Gabby, thank you so much for coming on. And it was a pleasure to meet you and best of luck this week. Thank you very much. Here with Ami Ganchandani, your first U.S. Women's Open. Talk a little bit about this week so far. Yeah, I'm absolutely thrilled to be here. Uh, This has been a dream of mine since I picked up a golf club when I was five years old to to come and play this event. Um, And, you know, eight qualifiers later, I was finally able to get it done. (laughs) Eight times a charm. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, it doesn't matter how many tries it takes, right? You got there in the end. I mean, I tried a bunch and never got through. So same. (laughs) Um, So I see the big Y on your hat. You're at Yale, right? Uh, Senior? Yes. Yeah, I'll be a senior in the fall. Amazing. That's incredible that I'm fangirling already that you're a senior at Yale because that's way more than I could ever hope to do in my life. What are you studying there? I'm studying statistics and data science. So that means a lot of math classes, a lot of computer science classes, and a few econ classes for me. That's super cool. And are you studying that to try and apply that to golf? Because there's an incredible amount of data in golf right now. Yeah, absolutely. So my two biggest passions and areas of interest right now are golf and statistics. So I actually took a gap year uh, last year because of COVID. And in that year, I worked on developing an app to track golf statistics. So it's called Excel Golf. And, you know, it does everything from basic stats like fairways and regulation, greens and regulation, putts, all that kind of basic stuff that you expect to have, even not at a tour level. And then it gets into more advanced stats like strokes gained um, and your mislocations. So, you know, you can put in a distance on a putt or an approach shot and you can see where you most often miss. So do, do you miss left? Do you miss right? Do you miss short? Um, do you miss left and short? Um, so that's been a big project that I've been working on over the past year. Um, and we've had my college team use it this year. And I've loved having that kind of insight into my game, at least. Uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to download it right <laughs> after this, this podcast. So let's rewind all the way back to you said you started playing when you were five. Who inspired you in the women's game when you were growing up? 
I think when I was growing up, uh, Lorena Ochoa was number one and she was number mm. one for a lot of the time when I, when I went to like the ShopRite classic that they had in New Jersey. Um, and then most recently they had the, the founders there uh, at Upper Montclair. So, but I remember going to those tournaments and thinking that Lorena Ochoa was number one, but, you know, I also grew up seeing uh, Michelle Wee um, in V Park and obviously Annika um, was a huge inspiration. I mean, I've read books about Annika, so it's incredibly cool to see her here competing this week. I, it, you're, you're playing in a tournament <laughs> with Annika. <laughs> yeah. That is, is so neat. Um, Ami, what would you say, um, like, what would you hope for golf and, and women in particular, their participation for golf? What are your hopes and aspirations for, for us in golf? Yeah. You know, I did a lot of volunteering with the first tee, um, over the last year and specifically in their girls golf clinics and girls golf camps and just trying to instill in all girls, all ages, you know, five to 18, that they belong in this game. Cause for so long, we've been told that we don't. Um, and, you know, we've been told that even when you do, you're not good enough. So just trying to get that message to them that you do belong, you are good enough. This is something that you can excel in. And this is something that's going to help you in your life, no matter what you choose to do, what industry you go to, um, what school you go to, this is always going to be an amazing tool for you to have. Do you see yourself um, playing professionally? Or are you wanting to go uh, do something more with your stats background? Yeah, I would love to play professionally. That's that's a big mm-hmm. goal of mine. Um, and, you know, I'm happy I have at least another year or two of school to figure all that out. Um, but definitely this experience this week is going to be uh, a huge factor in helping me um, decide how I want to approach that. Um, because I definitely do. I, I love golf so much that I would, I would be very happy to make it my life. Well, you're on the right track. That's for sure. <laughs> um, obviously this week, the USGA and the US Women's Open have put forward the biggest prize purse in women's golf in history. So it's a historic first US Open. Maybe that's why it took the eighth time because you were just waiting to have the most historic event to be your first one. But how special is that for you to sort of, I spoke about the evolution of women's golf to really experience that firsthand playing this week? Yeah, it is very special and you can feel it um, in the environment and the way that the players are are walking and talking. It feels special to be here this week. Um, And, you know, the $10 million purse is a huge step in the right direction, but there are more steps to be taken. I think there's there's a lot of way, a lot of room for the LPGA, for the USGA to go to making the men's and the women's games more equal. Um, But, you know, this week is is definitely a huge step in the right direction. Are there any things that you just mentioned that really like specifically come to mind? Yeah. You know, making the the prize money equal on both tours. I mean, the U S women's soccer team has been a huge inspiration to women in sports and out of sports. I mean, there's still a gender wage gap. So I, I, as long as that still exists, I, I, I don't see us being content with this. You know, the, the women out here this week, they fought for everything they have right now. They've practiced their butts off and, and there's no reason why they should be getting any less than the men's players. I love that. I am fired up. You should also be a motivator. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, <laughs> let's do it. And finally, what role do you personally want to play in furthering women's golf, both professionally and for amateurs, for any young girls who are at home and listening and might want to follow in your footsteps and be playing in the U.S. Women's Open one day? I really hope to to inspire them. Um, You know, I think in my first U.S. kids golf event, I'm pretty sure I finished dead last. Like, (laughs) 
not a lot of talent, not a lot of practicing. I was just like, this is so cool. <laughs> and I don't think even my parents let me know I came in last until a couple years later when I was like, oh, I had so much fun. They're like, you know, you came in last. <laughs> um, I love that. But, but you know, there's, there's so much opportunity out there um, for women in this game. So take advantage of that and, and embrace that. Definitely. So we've been asking everybody or Henny's and asked everybody. I'm going to ask you now, um, how are you going to be spending your time or how do you spend your time after your rounds? When you go home, you're away from the golf course. How do you sort of unplug and recharge and get ready for the next day? Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to go see a movie. Okay. Um, honestly, I might have to do some work <laughs> if I keep my brain <laughs> occupied outside of golf. That, that actually relaxes me a little bit. I'm not thinking about golf. So I do have some emails to write. Okay. <laughs> I love that. The I grind that. never stops. <laughs> never stops for yeah. Ami. Well, good luck this week. Thank you so much for stopping by. And uh, we can't wait to see how you do. Thank you. It was great talking. Yeah, about thank you. you. Next up, we have the one and only. I love following her on Instagram. Lily. He. Lily. So we're here at Pine Needles for the U.S. Women's Open. And the USGA has offered up the biggest purse in U.S. Women's Open history, $10 million. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, that's incredible. Um, You know, it's probably something we never even thought of, never even dreamed of a few years ago. And now that we're here, it's it's really incredible. And, um, you know, hopefully that we start to see women's golf slowly trend towards this direction. in more of our events, but this is an amazing opportunity for us. And it's a great start, maybe something better for our future. Absolutely. Lily, I, you know, what I love about your story in particular is you are extremely influential on social media, but you also back it up with playing out on tour, competing out on tour. How has that balance been and how have you found that journey in trying to inspire people and be yourself, but also some of your thoughts and emotions around sort of inspiring people while still trying to compete at the highest level. Yeah. I mean, it's difficult, you know, especially as a female, as a girl, um, when I first turned professional, I kind of wanted to keep things more professional because like you said, I didn't want to be put into this category of quote unquote influencer. Like it was a bad thing, but you know, times have changed so much. It's 2022. And I think we're at a day and age now where why not be both who yeah. stopping you from being both. And, you know, that's always something I'm trying to balance in my life. And especially as girls, I know sometimes we can get criticisms. I'm sure guys as well being, well, you should focus more. You're just a golfer. You shouldn't have an opinion. You shouldn't be doing anything else. But in reality, we can have so many different hobbies and, um, you know, things that we enjoy and other talents and nothing stops us from being everything that we want to be. Golf is a huge part of my life, but I'm not just a golfer at the end of the day. I'm so much more than that. And I want to inspire everyone to be able to do that, you know, live live their best life. Yeah, it also reminds me of a conversation we had with Michelle Wee a while ago, who was, you know, inspired me growing up as being someone who said, I don't want to play golf forever. This is a big part of what I'm doing right now, but I also have interests in fashion, business, you name it. Um, and I think that by doing that, 
you allow other people to also do the same thing and say like, oh, okay, cool. Like golf is a, is my job, but also there's these amazing other sides to me that I am also equally as interested in. And that's okay. How have you found it? Have you, have you had people reach out to you young girls who say like, oh, you're inspiring me. And, and how has that been for you? Yeah. Um, it, it, it's been incredible. I mean, actually I was just reading my DMs and, you know, reading a message from, a girl who's probably 16 saying you're exactly who I want to be when I grow up which mm-hmm. is just the most in a flattering compliment that you can get um because you know I was there not so long ago and the people who inspired me were people like Michelle and Paula Kramer who not only were incredible golfers but also seemed very interesting as people and you can see that there's so much more to them than just what's out on the golf course and yeah, I think we should all share and embrace more of that of ourselves. Um, yeah, and social media gives us the opportunity to do that. And I hope, I hope I present the best version of myself, not not in terms of you know flashy thing, because I know because I know Instagram is the best possible version of myself. But I hope to put out the most positive version of myself that people will see and be like and be inspired by it. I love that. Obviously, this week we just mentioned it's a historic week in women's golf. For the future of women's golf, what things would you like to see put in place or maybe be a little different as the game continues to grow? Well, I hope I hope I see more um, PJ and hopefully LPJ tournaments collaborations. Um, I think that would be super fun. I don't see why not. You know, there are both like men and women's doubles, I believe, in tennis. So I don't mm. see why that would be something that's not possible for the LPJ and the PJ tour. I think a new format could be really cool. Who would be your partner? Honest, <laughs> I was going to ask that. I will, I will take anyone because <laughs> I love playing with the guys. I mean, I love playing with the girls too, but I think it would just be fun to mix it up, you know? It'd be so Come cool. on, I'm not going to let you go without at least one name. You don't have to single out one, just maybe like two or three. Well, hmm, let's <laughs> I actually love Max Homa. I think he's so funny. Yeah. That would be a great partnership. Exactly. And, and, you know, Ian Poulter seems really funny too. (laughs) He's a funny guy. Well, if you were paired with Ian, you'd have to do like Shane Lowry at the, um, in New Orleans and match your match tartan plaid trousers with him each day. Yeah. Yeah, matching outfit. Yeah, why not? Lily can rock anything. And because she's such an influencer, if Lily wears plaid trousers, then I will also be wearing plaid trousers. <laughs> I'm getting heavy mean girl vibes here. Yeah. In the best way. Okay. Yes. <laughs> exactly for our viewers and listeners who will be following you this week at the US Women's Open what do you do post round away from the golf course when you get back to the hotel or back to your house right well this week I'll definitely be taking a very long cold shower because (laughs) it is so humid and hot out here but um usually I have physio and I like to get into my bed and um put on some cartoon yes cartoon because i like to turn <laughs> off my brain i love it yeah what yeah. cartoon go to <laughs> oh i'm the biggest bob's burger fan uh, you have oh. no idea mm, okay it's, yeah. it's my it's my go-to it's just you can't i've never actually seen it so i'm yeah. gonna add it to my list you'll have to you'll, you'll thank me later 
<laughs> right, so if you see Lily treading the fairways uh, from Friday onwards, you know that she might have some Bob's Burgers quotes going through her head. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> I love it. Well, Lily, good luck this week, and no, thank you so thank much for you. hanging out with us. No, thanks for having me. All right, we're here with Bianca Pagdanan. No, close. Yeah, good. Okay, that was good. Thank you. Okay, that was good. I wish that I could like frame the look, the side eye that you just got then. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Obviously, this is a historic week in women's golf. It's the biggest prize fund in women's golf um, that the USGA has put forward. Does it feel different here this week? Because a lot of players have been saying that there's kind of a different feel. How does it compare this week with your previous US Women's Open? It's funny because like when I play, I try not to think about that, but I think it's also great oh, sorry. for women. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's okay. But I think it's great for women's sports. You know, we're trying to close the gap between the men and the women. So I think... That's really good for us. Um, I like to see the future of women's golf get, or, you know, get better in that aspect too. Mm. But I don't know. It's just, I try not to think about the money side of it and all that. Just try to really enjoy the game and what I do. That way I play better and then everything else just follows. Makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Growing up in the Philippines, who were some golfers that you looked up to that you were inspired by? We didn't really have a lot, but when I was growing up, it was Jennifer Rosales, who was, mm. yeah. I and it was, that. oh my gosh, I think about it. And it's just so funny. So I played in a military course and um, she would practice there from time to time. And I was like this tiny 10 year old. And there was one time I saw her and my dad was just like, it's Jennifer, it's Jennifer, say hi. And I was just like, no, like I'm so shy. My dad was like pushing me like, go, go, go say hi. And even made me play like nine holes with her. And I... I could not hit the ball. I was so nervous because <laughs> it's like, that's your childhood hero, you know, seeing yeah. someone out in the big leagues who looks like you, who, you know, is from the Philippines. That's very inspiring for someone like me. We, we, she was probably the only one who was like homegrown. I know we had like Dorothy DeLassin, another Filipino, but I mean, I got the opportunity to play nine holes with her or maybe just a few holes. So she was definitely an inspiration of mine growing up. I mean, it's really nice. So I feel like I want to be that person to also, you know, the junior golfers in the Philippines that it's nice to have that representation, knowing that someone like you, you know, can be out here on Mm. tour. Just, you don't really see it. I mean, there are a few more Filipinos out here. So I think that's great. And I hope like what I do inspires the younger generations to, you know, push whatever it is they want to do. You're literally answering all of our questions in one brilliant answer. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I'm like, my follow-up is answered and answered. No, it's amazing. How is golf in the Philippines right now? Would you say that it is growing? It is growing. It's crazy how much it's grown. Um, And I'm really happy to see that. Growing up, there weren't really a lot of girls my age, um, I mean, I think when I got a little older, probably like when I was 10, I started when I was seven. So probably when I was like 10 more girls started to pick up the sport. But looking at it now, like these kids are so lucky that they have all these resources and, you know, the parents running the junior golf associations, like even the national golf association, of the Philippines, I think they're doing such a great job growing the game. They're making it so fun for the kids. I look back and I'm just like, I wish I had that, but the same <laughs> just like you want the kids to have like, you know, something better than what you have which yeah is good you know you want things to get better for everyone so I'm really happy with how it's how it's been I think especially during the pandemic golf was yeah. one of the few sports that they kind of allowed just because it was outdoors it was easy to kind of um follow like health restrictions and all that so 
it's it's crazy. I remember I didn't go home last year. I was home in 2020 and lines in the driving range were so long. Like you had to line up to get into a bay and I'm just, I'm, just, I'm trying, really? trying to practice out here. I feel like you should get uh, like a VIP, no. like fast pass to the front of line. No, I mean, everyone was waiting. So I was just like, I, I got to wait like everyone else. <laughs> I just, I just can't wait I in like, line with their staff. <laughs> so for all of the young girls that are coming up now in the Philippines, mm-hmm. what advice would you have for them if they wanted to be playing in a U.S. Women's Open one day? Ooh. Just keep questions. doing what you're doing. Keep practicing. And believe in yourself. I think that so many people are going to tell you that they believe in you, that you're like, you're going to be great one day, but I don't think any of that matters until you believe in that yourself. Like you'd Mm. be surprised with like how much potential you have and like how great of a golfer person and honestly, like anything in general, anything that you want to do, I think you just really need to believe in yourself. And of course, have fun out there. You don't really want to get burned out at a very early age. That's something I had to learn. I'm like, I need to enjoy what I'm doing if I want to do this in the long run. So mm. believe in yourself, have fun. I love that. I'm taking that advice for my to heart, for myself. It's easier said than done, but once you actually start believing in that, great things are going to happen. Yeah, I love it. Um, what? Obviously, the game, as you said, from when you were younger to now has evolved hugely for the next sort of 20 30 years where would you like to see the game and the women's game specifically going what direction or what things would you like to see implemented or changed maybe you know honestly growing women's sports in general I want more people to pay attention to us we are great athletes and I'm not just talking about golf but this is for all the other athletes out there we are amazing women who can you know we can keep up with the guys just that like, I don't know how to emphasize that, but I would definitely love to see people pay more attention to women's sports. It's so much fun. And I think it's more, I don't know, like it's more relatable for a lot of people. That's what I say, or that's what I hear, especially with people who enjoy watching women's sports. They're like, um, like I watch the women, it's a lot more relatable. The guys just kind of, it's like a different story with the guys. They have so much power and it's just like not a normal person who would want to pick up the sport, you know, mm-hmm. could do that. So I would very much love to see uh, just more people pay attention to women's sports. I think that, you know, we can grow the game. A lot of younger athletes would be encouraged to play, you know, sports. Mm. Well, they can start this week by tuning into the U.S. Women's Open. Definitely. That was a great (laughs) idea. Exactly. (laughs) Bianca, for people uh, out there who are going to be watching, listening into you this week, um, we have been asking everybody for a little bit of insight to what they do post round in the hotel room when they're away from the golf course. How do you relax? Oh no. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, like I should have a good answer just because like everyone's just like, I read a book, you know, I just relax. I'm like, I play Candy Crush on my iPad. <laughs> I, so, love but, it. <laughs> I, I guess. I'm like the type of person that once I get to my hotel room, that's it. Like you can't get me out. Like I'm resting. Yeah. But, um, Is that what you're gonna go do right now? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I already like I'm stuck in this one level and it's pissing me off because I can't get past it. <laughs> I think we've all been there. We sympathize with you and we send you our best luck and best wishes, not just for this week on the golf course, but with that level in Candy Crush in your favor to get past that. I'm so happy to be joined by superstar Amy Bockestetti. Amy, thank you so much for coming in and having a chat with Hallie and I. How has your week been so far here at the US Women's Open? Um, it, It was really good. 
I feel happy. I feel grateful. I'm so happy to be here. So. And you got your and, parents here. Yeah, my parents. Right, I'm yeah. Joe. <laughs> Joe, dad is here. Mum's the other side of the camera microphone. Yeah. Um, what has been your favorite part of the week so far, Amy? So it was really fun. So tomorrow night we go to Orlando Beyond Parade this Friday, and we had so much fun. So I'll back up on that. So we got to play, I would say a couple things were big fun this week. We got to play the uh, Pinehurst number six on Sunday. Incredible. We did a preview of the course for the U.S. Adaptive Open and we had uh, lots of fun. I love the course. It's going to be a great venue for that tournament. And Amy played well, which is better. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we got to do a uh uh, played what three holes this morning and you played with roger Steele to do a piece for the usga and the media amazing it's also great fun we it, love roger yeah it was so good he was great and she played well again she almost made what uh, yeah foot putt and it just yeah. came up an inch or so short so that was fun and then uh Thursday night, we're flying to Orlando. Amy's going to be in uh, the oh, Disney Parade on Friday at Disney World for Special Olympics. She's playing Special Olympics next week uh, for the Incredible. US. Incredible. So it's quite a couple of weeks for us. Wow. Yeah, that's so exciting. And Amy, I absolutely have been the biggest fan of yours for the last few years and have enjoyed following your story. And in particular, I've really enjoyed following how inspiring you are to golfers, people, young people with disabilities, and just showing them, well, you can do it, like that anything's possible. How important has that been for you? And how happy are you to sort of be leading the way in, in that area? Yeah, so I'm really happy. So it was kind of fun to meet new people, meet new friends, and we had so much fun out there. So I love Panosis. Yeah, so... Uh... We've met so many people over the last three years, uh, lots of great stories of how Amy's PAR has affected them uh, in the Down syndrome community. Mm. Of course, she, her PAR and then going to college uh, on a golf scholarship has sort of created a new possibility for people with Down syndrome. Yeah. Lots of parents uh, uh, come up and talk about that. Uh, golfers, I can't tell you how many golfers have come up to Amy and said, you know, I couldn't have done that. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I had a double bogey or if I'd have been in a crowd like that, I would have shanked the shot. Right. <laughs> that. And then we've just had people, uh, gosh, I've got so many stories, people who have just said how much I got this means to them. I had yeah. a, a guy once who said he was going into an interview that, uh, prior, uh, Friday and, uh, it was going to be a tough interview. He really wanted the job. And he said, going into the, to the place, I'm going to say, I got this just like Amy. Right. Oh. And then he got the, he got the job. So it was a nice ending to the story as well. So. Yeah. I have goosebumps. You saying that just because honestly, even for just seeing Amy, you out there doing your thing and being so confident and just completely owning who you are and just saying, Hey, I got this. And it's just like, why not? Right. And I, lo I love it. You're inspiring not only the disabled community, but the able-bodied community as well, and just everybody. Amy, you um, obviously were here at the U.S. Women's Open. Yeah. Who have you been most excited to watch? So who did you just meet that you're oh. real excited about? Yeah, I'm really um, excited um, to meet the best biggest fan ever, 
Mm-hmm. So we just met, you just met Jessica. Jessica, and, Nelly. Nelly, yeah. <laughs> so, and Amy, what do you think about this golf course? Does it look hard? And it's really easy. It looks easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah. it looks hard to me, but you probably you you it's easy for you, maybe not for me though. Yeah. What's your favorite kind of hole? Yeah. What's your favorite golf hole? I like part threes. <laughs> me too. Me too. She's a big fan of part threes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank All you guys right. so much thank again. You. Really thank you. And best of luck next week. Enjoy thank all you. Thank you. I am very excited that we are joined by England's very own Charlie Hall, which means that we have to pronounce the golf golf instead of golf. Sorry, Hallie. <laughs> That's okay. I'll adjust. <laughs> Um, Charlie, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Um, we're excited that this week, obviously, it's the US Women's Open. You guys are on site. I'm a little bit jealous to not be there. But this week at the US Women's Open, it's historic because it's the biggest purse that we've seen in women's golf history. How important is it for you to be able to play in this historic event? Yeah, it's really cool. Um, it's always good to play in the US Open. It's a lot of fun. I like the golf course and yeah, just I don't really think about the the, the, pay, the paycheck, but it is pretty nice that they've um, upped it. Yeah, I guess it's not really like paycheck specific. It's more just the furthering of women's golf, right? And it yeah. being on that bigger scale. Yeah, definitely. Like, especially I think is it in tennis, the major their majors are equal mm-hmm. pay, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So it'll be cool to get up there one day with the men in golf. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're at a very historic venue, Charlie. This is a special place to me because this sort of this whole property belonged to a woman named Peggy Kirk Bell, who, you know, was a legend in the LPGA and actually went to my university. So I really looked up to her for a long time. So Henny and I were wondering who are some women that you've looked up to in your career? I'll say probably Laura, Laura I looked up to. It's weird growing up. Like I didn't really know many women golfers. It was just completely men golfers that I looked up to but I'd say definitely Laura and Suzanne and then more of a I play golf I've understood like some of the greats of the game and it's, it's pretty cool so I think more more and more that the LPJ tour and women's golfers out there like younger kids are starting to look up to women golfers and that's pretty good I love pictures and videos I see of you like signing for young girls out there on the LPGA like how important is it for you to be able to inspire the next generation yeah, I think that's cool. I notice it a lot at Ketching Golf Club where I play at, where I was born when I was I was born at Ketching, well, Ketching General Hospital and then the golf course nearby is Ketching Golf Club. And when I was growing up, I was the only girl and I enjoyed that with all the lads. Um, but now I look back and when I go down there, there's a lot more girls playing. So I feel like I've been inspired in the local area, definitely. What would you love to see as like the next step or the future, if you like, for women's golf? What sort of changes would you like to be seen? Hmm. It'd be nice if it was kind of televised as much as men's. I think it's getting there. Um, sometimes in the UK, like, it's kind of hard to watch it as much. Like, they're doing well with the LEC. That's played quite a bit on the TV. Is it? Is that right, Henny? Like, on the ladies' Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, it's just later at night, obviously, yeah. I think, with the LPGA yeah, because like, of the time difference. Yeah. So obviously LET's on in Europe during the afternoon oh, yeah, yeah. and then LPGA's on like, mm. See, you know, so sort of 10pm. I don't really watch much golf when I'm away from golf, but um, I think it is going in the right direction, especially the majors are getting, the price ones are going up and I think that is quite big for women's golf. Yeah. Charlie, what would you say that the biggest 
um, key to success is going to be here on this golf course. Cause you've gotten a few days now to check it out. Yeah. You know, the greens are super slopey. Yeah. What would you say is the most important thing? Um, to do? Staying, always stay patient at us open. Like I looked at the, when I was hitting shots into the greens yesterday, if, you, if you're on the front bit of the green, um, like you've always got a putt to anywhere. So just keep it in the middle of the greens and you've got a good putt. It is good. Uh, just like look forward to playing into the majors. Cause I like the majors. Um, I find them like, fun and I like the trickiness of the golf courses I don't know what the women's school will be though maybe six well yeah I'd say like six to eight but then if it blows it could be like three to four right yeah but it's it sometimes hard you know like when you just walk around the golf course it's hard to get a feel of what the score's going to be right yeah I think after the first round you usually have a better feel right. but sometimes you get shocked like the final round you played and it finishes and the winning score's like two or three under and you're like wow like when I was like one or two over. Yeah. Not, you're just like, yeah. oh, I'm out of it. But yeah, really, yeah. You're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one final question. Um, obviously this is going out. US Women's Open Week for viewers, listeners, what is your post-round routine when you get back to the hotel? Because we all know what you do at the golf course. What do you do when you get back to the hotel? I just chill and watch TV. Netflix and chill. Well, no, I haven't got, I don't travel with an iPad or a laptop or anything. So I just watch what's on the TV. Oh, interesting. A hotel TV watcher. Yeah, because I'll get too obsessed with like a series. I did it before, I think like um, a few years ago in China and I was like cutting my practice up to like 15 minutes for my tea time. Like I I didn't want to go out and practice. I just wanted to watch the rest of these series. So I thought it's a bad idea. That's smart. That's good. I have an addictive personality as well. So I'm like, I can't do series. I'm the same. Like I'll do something in the gym and I'll be obsessed with the gym. And then once I'm over it, I'm over it. Like I... I love it taking it back to the old school with a hotel tv room watch yeah it's better you can kind of get into a movie better then because you otherwise on Netflix you've got too much choice and you get into it at halfway and it's boring and then you change it over so yeah I just go with the tv (laughs) brilliant well uh listeners know exactly what Charlie's going to be up to post round this week uh Charlie very best of luck thank you so much for joining us We're here with Allison Burns, the assistant director of the U.S. Women's Open. Allison, we have so much to talk to you about, but first of all, the week is here. It's here. It's finally (laughs) here. Talk to us a little bit about um, what your role has been in getting just everything ready for this monumental week. Absolutely. So I moved here three years ago. So we'll start with a timestamp there, just working on this open in particular. Oh, wow. You um, moved house to be. I did. So I'm on wow. our championship team where we moved to a site two to three years out and we work specifically on that championship where we moved to on the ground. We develop relationships with the community, with the host club. Um, we would start recruiting volunteers. We start corporate sales. We build the small city outside our door right here. So it's so exciting for it to finally be here and see all the hard work um, come to fruition. So it's a great week and I'm looking forward to tomorrow. We have been talking a lot to our other guests about the fact that this is a historic week for women's golf. The USGA and the US Women's Open has put the biggest prize fund forward in women's golf. But I was intrigued there that you mentioned the connection to the community. Obviously, we see that that's the prize fund for the women who are playing here this week. But tell us a little bit more about the community and what goes on there. 
Yeah. I mean, the Sandhills here, we're a golf community. Everyone just supports it instantly. For example, our volunteer program was sold out the first two weeks we launched it. So that's 1500 people signed up to work two years ago for this week in particular. Mm. Um, so that's one just easy example right there. And then Pine Needles, it's the record fourth time here. People are excited to be back. Um, Christy, Annika, Kari, everyone's talking about those past champions and who's going to win this week. And then this community is it's a small town it's like a family you walk down the street everyone knows the women's open is happening this week and they have for for three years now really since we announced i mean i was getting a manicure yesterday and mm. somebody's like good luck this week and i was like thanks <laughs> <laughs> not playing but i appreciate the well wishes regardless but it's true in the grocery store people are like are you a player and i'm like no, really? no. but i'm again very flattered but yeah you can tell people are just so excited to yeah. have the women here exactly i mean you just have a fan every single player out there has a huge following because this whole town is so excited about it raleigh charlotte just the whole state really surrounds themselves around golf Allison, so, you know, you've, I mentioned, Henny and I come from a playing background. Um, and a lot of times I think the, you know, we, the girls we grew up with think of, oh, if they want to work in golf, they need to play golf or be an assistant pro or mm -hmm. a head pro or something. But there are so many other jobs in the golf industry. Talk to us a little bit about your, your journey in this, yeah. in this space. Um, honestly, similar to you two, I played golf through college and I knew I wasn't going professional by any means. And I realized there was an internship with the U.S. Women's Amateur in Charlotte. And that's where I realized there's a whole team that works on these events. Um, you know that with basketball, with soccer, with football, but it just never connected with me that it happens in golf. Um, and so I stayed with it ever since I realized that I can have my golf passion be my career still and not just play. So that's what's important to me. And, and it's really cool to tell that story to people that aren't going to keep playing, that you can still be in this industry and, and love it. For sure. Yeah. And in terms of inspiring younger girls in the next generation, mm -hmm. obviously you do that two ways. One by, you know, putting on an incredible championship for young girls to be able to watch. And as you said, creating amphitheaters and all these cool things that kids at home are going to be like, wow, that's really cool to see. And then secondly, just by you being in the role and position that you are as a woman, what would you say for your job specifically for younger girls uh, or parents who are listening into this? What's the coolest aspects of your job that you enjoy the most? I would say it's this week. It's seen it all come to life. Um, Sunday night, when you look around and you see everyone on 18 and all the work that everyone put into it, that's that's what makes it worth it for me. Um, it's an adrenaline rush. Like you, you wake up at 4 a.m. every day and go to bed at 1 a.m. some nights, but you still do it because it's just so fun what we're doing. And I love walking by like our junior tent right now, seeing all the kids getting exposed to the game of golf because it, it teaches you so much, as all of us know. And that's why having these events, having the setup that we do from a fan perspective is important for them to start loving the game and want to participate in it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming Thanks on for and talking with us and giving us some insight into your role. Absolutely. This was fun. I will be thinking of you on Sunday when we see the winner <laughs> and all of your hard work coming to fruition. Uh, Hallie, I absolutely loved that. I obviously played professional women's golf and I'm a huge advocate for the women's game but even I found that inspiring and I found it really interesting that a lot of players coming in were saying very similar things yeah a lot of really you know similar notes of 
let's, you know, promote ourselves on social. Let's be personable and not be afraid to be ourselves. And also, I mean, just Ami with her advocacy for women's mm. sports, um, as well as Bianca. I just thought that was really powerful to them saying, we're great. Pay attention to us. We have, I mean, who, what other, um, you know, sport do you get to be this close to the best in the world other than mm. women's golf? Can you be right outside the ropes? They're more than willing to help you, to talk to you, to take pictures with you. Um, it's just such an incredibly special group of women. And I feel so grateful that we got to talk to quite a few of them today. Yeah, same. I feel like, you know, in terms of a call to action almost at the end of this podcast, as I said, I am already a huge fan of women's golf, but it has inspired me to go back to other roles that I'm in and, and think, how can we elevate the spotlight on these women? Because they are passionate about their game being elevated and how good they are. And frankly, you know, they deserve it. So, you know, if anyone's listening to this and perhaps doesn't watch women's golf as much or didn't know many of these players before, I suppose a call of action can be to just support them with eyeballs and views and clicks and, you know, making the powers that be sit up and go, oh, okay, actually there's a little bit more attention here on women's golf. For sure. Follow these players on social media, follow the LPGA tour, follow at us women's open and just, you know, show the, yeah, like you said, honey, show the powers that be that there is a tremendous level of interest here um, for these women and their games. Thank you so much to everybody for listening. Thank you to the USGA for hosting us and allowing us access to players and to people that work within the USGA as well. Hallie, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week there on site. Enjoy the warmth. And I'm going to be nestled away in a studio uh, watching every second still um, and enjoying the US Women's Open. All right, honey. Sounds great. Always a pleasure. And I will see you in a couple of weeks time. I will. And how do you say it? Questions, comments. Questions, comments, concerns. Exactly. Just Le- hit us up on the socials. I'm at Henny Coy. And I'm at Hallie Led. See you soon. 